for the new episode of I Love Cambridge podcast, the show that brings you great stories from people in our community in many different businesses and walks of life. Let's get started with your host, Walter Montero, a real estate and mortgage agent in the province of Ontario. He implements internet marketing strategies into his businesses and offers an online course on using their RRSPs to invest in private mortgages. Tune in and enjoy this week's episode. Joining us today is Alex Kastner, General Manager at Cambridge Mill. Beautifully restored inside and out, every inch of the five-story 19th century mill offers warmth and comfort. The building itself is the Dixon Mill and is one of the oldest surviving industrial buildings in Cambridge. Its historic charm, flavorsome menu, and modern amenities create the perfect ambiance for a restaurant. Tune in to learn more about the history of the Cambridge Mill and the endless services offered. Castor from the Cambridge Mill. Correct. Good. Perfect. And what is your position there, Alex? I'm the general manager. You're the general manager of the Cambridge Mill. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what's going on at the Cambridge Mill these days. Um, yeah, lots. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big building. Um, you know, we're used to in uh, in a lot of a lot of ways when we start getting into kind of the things that we're doing within a year. We kind of often refer to it. You know, it's it's uh, it's a cruise ship. We yep. start steering a year before, yep. um, you know, we start thinking about, you know, strategies and hiring and, uh, you know, budgets, um, you know, price structures, all of those things, 12 to 18 months out. And with the Cambridge Mill being such a, uh, you know, such a sought after wedding venue, it, yep. it kind of exemplifies that even more. Um, sure. You know, we're booking weddings, you know, we typically book anywhere from 18 to 24 months out. So if we, if we want to change something, if we want to think about offering something new on our menu, especially in weddings, we really have to start thinking about it that early. Um, so best laid plans. Um, you know, this year, we, everything was kind of turned on its head. So we really made the shift and adapted here um, to the same model that a lot of small businesses have, um, have kind of sought, which is uh, flexible, able to pivot on a dime, um, not kind of not holding on to something wholeheartedly, uh, and not being afraid to kind of make mistakes. Um, so, you know, whether it was when we first shut down, we started doing, a um, a family program for our staff at Pearl Hospitality. So we took a lot of, again, with our properties, huge stores of food that were, we were left on March 16th saying, what are we going to do with this stuff? You know, we, we aren't a business that, you know, free that has frozen product. So really that kind of change and that shift meant that we wanted to find an outlet for that food that mattered and kind of supported the community. So with, you know, with Pearl, with how many people we laid off right off the bat, we started, um, you know, we started feeding our staff five days a week for free for almost 10 weeks. Wow. Um, so yeah, so they would just yeah. go online. We had an online platform. They would just hop and this from all the properties. So, you know, they would hop online, they would order the meal that they want for themselves, their kids, their parents, whoever they were living with, and then drive down and pick those meals up. So we had a new menu go out every week. And then eventually when we started to kind of feel, uh, feel confident with how the takeout program was running, we, started doing supper kits for uh, the kind of Cambridge community. So those were able to be purchased for, they were like 20 bucks for, you know, for a meal and yeah. new menu every week. So it was great. At one point we were doing almost a thousand meals a week between the the staff and the community. Wow, um, that's incredible. Affordable and just really a chance for people to kind of still, still get access to the quality ingredients and quality food that Cambridge is known for, um, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah. So yeah. Now, 
you know, we were really fortunate when we kind of moved into phase two, uh, opening our North Terrace. You know, it's the nicest patio for 200 miles in any direction. Yeah, it sure is. Huge, massive kind of glass doors that open up onto the Grand River. Um, this picturesque almost seems surreal of, you know, herons flying by and all this. So it's a, a pretty a pretty amazing kind of positioning for, um, uh, for our guests there. They get all the things that, you know, they've been used to at the Cambridge Mill while at the same yeah. time feeling safe with that fresh air going through that space. So, um, so yeah, we've been really fortunate. The restaurant is doing as well as it was this year at the same time, um, uh, which is, uh, which is a great thing. Um, yeah, great. Perfect. So tell us, uh, obviously you, you, you got into uh, a little bit of what, uh, what you guys had to do with, uh, COVID. Um, so what, uh, what is, what has changed there? Obviously the, have the hours of operation changed? Uh, yeah, and, so, uh, yep, go ahead. Yeah, so a little bit. Um, like I think that one of the things that we kind of took for granted before is just that, uh, where we don't have that opportunity anymore is every hour that we're open really has to matter. Um, so we, you know, when we start looking at, uh, when we start looking at some of those specific days that we're doing, you know, we held off opening for on lunch for a long time, um, because we really wanted to prioritize and push home, um, you know, kind of every hour that we're open, maximizing our opportunity and maximizing guest experience. Um, so even something like, you know, traditionally we're open until kind of nine o'clock on a Tuesday night. Um, you know, we pulled that back to eight o'clock. Uh, it's created a bit more of a concentration of guests, but it means that we don't have that kind of that uh, downtime as much as we we did before with the flexibility of just saying we're open until nine o'clock. We might have one or two tables that'll book at 8.45. Now it's like every hour that we're open, it has to make sense. And, you know, because it really does come down to profit versus loss, right? Um, in addition to that, it's, it's hard. You know, the Cambridge Mill is such an opulent and elegant place, um, you know, for people to come in and not have not have linen napkins, to get their, you know, get their menus on a QR code uh, using their phones. Yes. They do all these things to shift that I think the whole populace is having to get used to. Um, and we're really grateful that people have been so receptive and, you know, our, uh, the guest experience the last five months have been so overwhelmingly positive that we're really, we're really happy to see that. But it's just a shift, um, you know, even with, uh, you know, even with how, how many tables we have available or the fact that we've lost, you know, we've lost some of the things that we've become known for, like um, Thursday Buckashuck or yep. Sunday Buffet Brunch. You know, those things have gone the way of the dodo for now. Um, so until we can get back to a place where we feel like we can offer that safely. Um, so it's really just about us trying to figure out what does a, what does the Cambridge Mill mean to our guests and making sure we're still satisfying those core fundamentals, sure. um, you know, while, while putting the other things on, on hold for the time being. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I was wondering when those were coming back. I know I'm, I'm a big fan of Monday night and Thursday night. So yeah, I know you're not alone. <laughs> we're probably like going into the winter. It was hard. Uh, it's hard. It was hard during the summer. Our, we literally, we had a couple of really great write-ups about us and our city did a really great piece. And then the Montreal Gazette did a really great piece. Oh, wow. um, you know, it was, uh, we, we've had, yeah, we've had a lot of, but again, big focus was on a uh, big focus was on the patio and the terrace being beautiful, like the best of both worlds, right? Um, yeah. protection from the rain, protection from the sun while still having that fresh air kind of moving through. Um, so we were so busy that it became, it became challenging for, you know, for us to think about offering those promotions when, uh, you know, during those, 
during those times. But I think likely pay attention in the next six weeks and, and you'll see some of those things start to come back. Excellent. Very good. So um, now uh, is there, uh, is there uh, any kind of, there's obviously limitations on the number of people that can attend uh, these weddings and, uh, mm. and other special events, I would imagine, right? There is. Yeah. Okay. So we've seen shifts with that, you know, initially with the, um, with the phase two opening with only 10 people, we didn't see a lot of business kind of develop from there. We postponed a significant number of weddings from this year. Um, and, you know, now kind of working on what, what our kind of reemergence plan looks like, but there's a lot of people. We have a lot of brides and grooms that are still, we're able to do 50 people um, in our event rooms because each event room has, you know, separate washrooms and separate facilities. It means that we can run multiple at the same time. Um, And, uh, and people are just adapting how, you know, how those things are kind of materializing. You know, we don't have, we don't have the same, uh, it doesn't come across in the same way. Weddings have just changed right now for how they feel. Yeah, we're putting a, a much because again, you know, there's not um, the regional public health Waterloo. They said that they don't love dancing, they don't love a party. Um, so you know, we have to find something else for for us to focus on um, during those during those events. And really, the focus for us has been on continuing to provide the quality, uh, the quality service, the quality food and the quality, uh, beverage that we've kind of been known for, um, having a beautiful facility, uh, being able to take in kind of the natural beauty that surrounds it and really focusing on the, um, um, creating, you know, creating a sentiment around, uh, the, the kind of love shared by the couples, right? Like that becomes a a kind of, we're refocusing and kind of recalibrating to, to put that as the emphasis. Uh, we're fortunate that, you know, some wedding venues, uh, the quality of the food or because of the size of them, the preparation of the food is not, um, uh, is not always the highest quality or higher standard. Um, we've always had that as a fundamental for us. We've always had that as a kind of, a, a, a pillar of our, our execution for those. So it makes it far easier for us to say, Hey, listen, we know you can't have a massive dance party afterwards, but why don't we make this an incredibly special dinner for you? focus on the food, focus on the friends and family, um, focus on the reason we're all here. And, uh, and we can make sure that we, uh, we still kind of provide that really special experience for you. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Now uh, you've touched on the, on the building, uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, the grandeur of the, of the building. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of that building? Um, I mean, obviously I know a little bit about it, but uh, some of our listeners don't. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the Cambridge Mill itself was uh, uh, originally called um, Dixon Mill, um, was uh, uh, much the same way now as it was then. Um, the reality is, is that we have, we're perched on the edge of the Grand. You can be, it can be seen, um, it can be seen from almost everywhere in kind of Galt, which is an amazing thing. Um, you know, the, the mill itself was originally created in, in 1842, uh, and, um, by William Dixon, hence the, the name Dixon Mill. And of course, Dixon is a very popular name around streets in this area as well. Sure. Um, so the whole purpose was kind of erecting the dam to give, uh, to give more energy, um, uh, to kind of the Waterloo region in downtown, downtown Galt. Um, so we, there was a lot of places that were kind of tapped into this. We had, you know, there was a flour mill, a sawmill, uh, a wool factory, you know, Galt itself was a, a significant industrial, uh, industrial workhorse in kind of the mid 19th, late 19th century. Um, unfortunately like, you know, it stood for two years and before, you know, a fire ravished a lot of downtown Cambridge. Um, and so when it was replaced then a lot of the same buildings went through the same thing, it was done in limestone. So, you know, the limestone is, is, um, 
limestone is idyllic and really kind of indicative of the Grand River, uh, you know, of much of the uh, of much of the sedimentary history that exists within this region. So that's why, you know, downtown Galt, it almost feels, and this is, you know, a lot of the press we've been getting lately, it feels like you are stepping into a European you know, a European city or European town, you know, cobblestone streets, big stone buildings, um, you know, uh, steepled churches, all of these things kind of are, is what defines what I think is one of the, one of the prettiest cities in one of the prettiest cities in Ontario, you know, and I'm from Stratford, which is, uh, you know, which is uh, it's a pretty nice all in the zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So that's kind of, it, it had multiple iterations, um, there was, uh, again, it went through another natural disaster in the epic flood of, of the mid 70s in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of that's where we, you know, you saw the entire uh, kind of um, landscape of the Grand River change where we started installing these berms and we started installing these flood walls uh, really to protect a kind of development of downtown Cambridge. So we've owned the building for since 2000. Well, we opened it in 2011 under the auspice of Pearl Hospitality. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been running it ever since. Uh, you know, it's, it's so funny, the, uh, you know, coming from Stratford and working here, um, it really does feel, and it's treated by many of our guests, like it belongs to them. And that's a nice thing. It, it, you know, sometimes it can be, you can feel like uh, you're being held to a standard. Yeah. Uh, all the time, every day, nonstop. But it is a really special thing when you have the community kind of standing behind a building as much as they do this. So it's um, it's definitely something that um, that we're ex- extremely grateful for. Yeah, it's a great place. I mean, uh, I know especially when I bring somebody in from out of town and I, mm. I take them there for lunch or dinner, uh, they're just blown away by the uh, by the setup and the uh, uh, you know being on the river and. And uh, just the way the staff uh, handles everything. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, very good. All right. So um, in terms of your hours of operation now, then, uh, did you say you're not open for lunch or you are? Yeah, so we're open for lunch now. So um, Monday through Saturday, we're open at noon. Um, And really, our lunch menu continues on until about four o'clock on those days. Uh, And then we kind of take our last reservation during the week around eight o'clock. Okay. And then going into the weekend, Friday and Saturday, we're open a little bit later. We take our last reservation at 9.30. Uh, And then on Sunday, we open for a um, special brunch menu at 11 o'clock. So that's the only day of the week that that's available. So 11 to kind of 3.30-ish. A lot of the favorites that people have come to expect from us, you know, we have our Eggs Benedict, we have our French Toast, we have, um, you know, a lot of the kind of brunch favorites uh, done with the quality that people have expected. Um, Yeah, and then we go into a Sunday dinner menu on Sunday and we close at 7 o'clock on Sunday night, or our last reservation at 7. Awesome. Very good. Well, that's great. And now, uh, was there anything that that I didn't ask you that I should have? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, there's a few really cool things that we're getting excited about now. Um, You know, we, many people don't realize that we have our own organic farm. Um, So we have a hundred acre organic farm uh, in Flambro that supplies a lot of our restaurants with um, organic vegetables and produce that we use throughout our menu, Uh, not just our property, but all properties in Pearl. Um, So that's a very exciting thing for us. And we, you know, we kind of, we want to make sure that we're talking about that. Um, that same property is, uh, supplies us with our own honey from our apiaries, um, supplies us with, uh, uh, apples from our apple orchard and also is the, the facility that dry ages all of our beef, um, which is kind of a cool thing. We really kind of put an emphasis on 
making sure that the product that we're getting is the best that we can. Um, and one way we found to make sure that happens is to kind of control that, you know, control that supply chain, um, <clears throat> which is incredibly exciting. And the other thing is just, um, you know, the, the future of Pearl hospitality and what's coming down the pipeline. We have, uh, the Pearl hotel, which will be our first kind of large scale hotel opening in Burlington next year. Um, beautiful hotel, uh, designed by, uh, I think one of the most interesting and fascinating design firms in Canada, um, studio Manje. Uh, so, you know, that'll be opening and it will be, it will set the new standard for kind of, uh, for luxury and, uh, luxury and opulence for hotels in that region. Uh, and of course the Allura Mill condominiums, um, are currently underway. Uh, we've broken ground there and then they are, you know, pre-sales have already started on those. So that's an incredibly exciting opportunity for people. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's just what's in the pipeline. Now we have lots of exciting things coming, including some sing significant changes for, uh, for downtown Galt. So okay. we're, we're excited for that too. Now I just want to I, I just want to touch base on the, on that. I got a couple of questions with regards to that. Sure. Is there uh, there's been speculation that you're building a hotel behind? Yeah. So we do at this point. You know, those things have come up in conversation, and uh, you know, and we do know uh, one of the things we are fully aware of is that downtown Galt um, uh, deserves and you know is in need of. Um, uh, a hotel and a hotel facility to be able to satisfy, um, you know, the corporate clients who we have coming here, the people who are, you know, the people who are filming in this location, which we know Cambridge is certainly up and coming um, in the Canadian film and television industry. Um, so we want to be able to give, <clears throat> give people an option to have accommodations and have residences uh, in Galt, in Cambridge. Um, that will help drive that business and help drive that industry. So, um, so there, there certainly has been, has been some talk about that and some conversations about that planning process. Good. Perfect. And is there any surrounding properties that you guys are uh, eyeballing down there or do you have your interest in or no? Do you know what? It's, it, we're always, we very much care about the communities. Like, you know, there's a lot of places when you look at some places in Toronto and some places in the GTA, yeah, it almost feels like when these properties go, they just land on top of the community. Sure. They smash whatever's underneath them. And, you know, and, and we're really fortunate to work for a company who, you know, whether it's the Allura mill or the Ancaster mill, or we, we kind of inject ourselves into the community. It's not about kind of, it's not about, you know, changing what was there or destroying what was there. It was really, it's really amazing that we, we find ways to connect to the community through whatever business we have. So we're incredibly excited for the things that we're seeing in, in, um, in Galt and in Cambridge proper. Um, you know, I've said before that the, uh, the downtown core here is one of the, uh, one of the nicest, I think in the province, if not the country. And I think we're on the precipice of something really interesting. Um, you know, the gaslight district, uh, you know, a lot of work has been put in there and that's incredibly, uh, um, incredibly well done and incredibly well designed. So that's an exciting project that I think is, um, is going to come to fruition and, and is going to continue to kind of lift um, this community. And I think that a lot of people are going to are following in the same suit, realizing the, uh, the unwavering potential that exists in, um, in this part of Ontario. So we're always looking for opportunities. You know, we're always considering, uh, always considering other things that, um, you know, that we can do to benefit the community and to, yeah, and to benefit the people who live here. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Walter. Thanks. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again real soon. Me too. Yeah, me too. You bet. Thanks very much. All the best. Okay, likewise. 
And that's it, Alex. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolute pleasure. We'll see you soon. You bet. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to I Love Cambridge with Walter Montero. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest updates to I Love Cambridge, you can check ilovecambridge.ca and you like our Facebook page, I Love Cambridge, Ontario. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.